some good Indian opener. To our second podcast about what? India. 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 And what do we love about India? That's our podcast today. Yeah. And I'd love to hear what you love about India. Yeah, so you can speak it right now and... Oh, that's what you love about India. You love the people. Nice. We love the people. We love the people too. We definitely love Indians. Yeah, God, that heart-opening curiosity. Yeah, it's how they stare at you when you just walk down the street. And stare at you, and stare at you, and then... They stare at you a little bit? And then they stare at you a little bit more. But it's not the kind of stare like, you know, when I was back at home, or whatever home, yeah, it's not this stare of like, God, this person is this way or that way, or else I, I want to fight this person, I don't know why, you know, like the, the thoughts that go through, uh, at least my head when I was growing up, uh, back in the West, hmm. but there's this, it's just this innocent play, like childlike curiosity, it's like the way a child stares at you, you know, doesn't matter how old uh, the person is, uh, they could be 50 years old, or, you know, yeah. they stare at you with this innocent curiosity, and I, I just love that about the Indian culture. Plus, they stare at your blue eyes, which is, you know, something a little more rare in this part of the world. Yeah, blue eyes, light skin, you know, it's the same thing. They just love to stare at something different. It's like, oh, I've never seen that before, you know. And then, after they're done staring at you, they'll go, one snap, madam, which is a nice quote saying, can we have a photo with you? Yeah. That's always lovely, though. I always enjoy taking the pictures. You know, anybody who has the, you know, yearning to become a rock star, you know, and don't have any musicianship ability whatsoever, just come out to India and you'll feel like a rock star <laughs> just walking down the street. Or if you're from if you're from the West, obviously, if you're Indian, you probably blend in a little bit more. But uh, it's quite an interesting feeling. Uh, it's definitely... Um, it can be quite rewarding or challenging to the ego at a lot of times. <laughs> you know? Definitely. And actually, being a musician, I, I find I have to check myself uh, quite a bit, you know? But I, I've gotten that under control. I feel pretty good about it. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. That's good. So, what's your funniest uh, one snap story? You know, uh, I, I can't say I have a funniest one snap. Uh, every time. They do it. It's pretty much the funniest time. <laughs> um, there's always a unique character that does it. There's always this. Another thing that I love about uh, you know the people of this culture is there's just this overwhelming enthusiasm uh, about everything that they do. Whether it's can I get a snap madam, or whether it's making uh, the chai that I just ordered, or you know shining the shoe, or you know picking up the you know, the box over in the corner, there's just this enthusiasm and there's just this this full on living uh, inside of the yeah. inside of the people that I just wow, I absolutely I learn a lot from and I uh, <laughs> really aspire to be more like. Uh, you know, just to have that it's so present. In the moment. Like, yeah. yeah. But not just present in the moment, but present with enthusiasm like like, this chai that they're making is the best chai that they've ever made in their life. And the next one's the best chai that they've ever made, you know? <laughs> it's really wonderful. I love it. Nice. Yeah. I think my funniest uh, one snap, madam, 
was uh, in Rishikesh. No. I was uh, sitting on this stone wall and I was just writing my journal and this guy comes up to me and says, one snap madam? And I said, okay. And I, you know, I bent forward to get my bag and put my journal back in. By the time I lifted my head, he had a whole family sitting around me and somebody put a baby in my lap. Nice. And before I knew it, somebody took a snap. Everybody said, thank you, madam, and went away. <laughs> <laughs> I was just sitting there like, what just that. happened? This is, a, this is our, in Hindi, this is our family portrait, uh, you know? This is our sister-in-law. Uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. That's hmm. beautiful. What else? Speaking of Rishikesh, I, I'd say that is one of our favorite parts of India. Definitely. It's where we met. Yeah. It's again and again and again. We've had a lot of spiritual awakenings and just wonderful things oh, happening. So we are so spiritual, my man. <laughs> Anybody out there listening, I, I just wish you could see how spiritual we are. I know you can feel it. Shall we give another ohm? Just kidding. Thank you. But what else do we love about Rishikesh? Oh, man, the Ganga. I know the Ganga. The Ganga. Oh, the Ganga has been, like, my greatest teacher. Definitely. Mine, too. That it's song that I have, Jaiganga. It's like every time I go up there, I get a new lesson, you know. <laughs> every time I go to the Ganga, I get a new lesson. And uh, you know, I've written this storyboard song called Jaiganga, and it's just uh, about my personal reflections of the growth that I've gone through just on this river. And if you don't know what the Ganges is, uh, it's you can just go uh, check out. Expand full moon rising number one, which we shot on the Ganga yeah. with Jai Ganga in it. You can see, <laughs> you can definitely see the Ganga, but also it's the most, it's the most it's the revered, river. holiest, most spiritual river in all of India. Uh, most many people in the Hindu yeah. uh, religion bring their deceased uh, to to they do a cremation ceremony and then they put the ashes, ashes in, in, the in, in the Ganga. And I actually had, I, I actually uh, was inspired by that to take, I, I was carrying my mother's ashes around for the first year that I was traveling in India. And I was inspired to take those ashes to the, there's the, one of the major beginnings, the Ganga's met by many other rivers uh, at the along beginning the along the way. But they say that the one true source of the Ganga is a place called Gumuk, which is uh, just north of Gangotri, which is, uh, you know, it's deep in the Himalayas, about 3,000 meters up. But I was inspired to take the 17-kilometer trek from Gangotri to Kamuk. You have to take a 17-kilometer trek and uh, and visit the entry point, the glacier, the Kamuk mm -hmm. glacier, and uh, drop the ashes. Of I had a whole ceremony that I did there and put the ashes in the, in the Ganga. It's just a magical body of water, and, and sometimes you just don't know why. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't even like water. Yeah. But I really, really miss getting up at five in the morning yeah. and dip in the Ganga and come out. Yeah, and you're you're part of the song. I mean, <laughs> it was so crazy to me that you would get up and and go in the Ganga at the coldest time. You know, like five o'clock in the morning, yeah. you can go dip in this. The Ganga is always cold. Yeah, the Ganga is always cold, but when it's cold outside, it makes it a little bit colder for me. <laughs> <laughs> But look at it this way, you know, my room didn't have hot water, so mm. I go in the Ganga, and I'm going to my shower, and I open the cold water, and they were so hot. Yeah, yeah. 
It's such a cleansing, like, it's just, wow. And my hair never looked better than when I was washing it in the Ganga. Yeah, they say this river is just full of, of healing properties and magic. And I mean, I, just think about it. If you, if you realize that the human mind, the power of our thoughts, creates so much, and you've got, I mean, there's 1.7 billion people in India or something like that, and you can imagine that maybe 1 billion of them cherish the Ganga, yeah. you know, because there's 85% Hindus here, yeah. okay? If you realize that, then that river, the, every drop of water in that river has so much power based on the, the, the love that is the ad, adoration that comes from the human beings uh, in that thing. So just touching it, just a drop of it is like, wow, it's, it's so healing, you know. I should, however, mention to people coming to India for the first time, do not bathe in the Ganga in Varanasi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, just a little back up a little bit as about Varanasi. Varanasi is about, uh, what, a couple hundred kilometers down the Ganga, at least yeah. uh, three, four hundred kilometers. So by that time, it's passed through about a hundred or a thousand Indian villages, uh, many of whom which... Little bit of a paradox here. It's the holiest, it's the most cherished river, yet people still find them throwing their garbage inside of it. And uh, <laughs> I think maybe they think the Ganga will transform it. Yeah, may, and maybe it does. Because, maybe it does. But, but in Varanasi, yeah. you do not want to go in the water unless you want to swim to next to dead cows and yeah. dead ashes of dead Even people. I've heard people have. You know, dipped in the Ganga. Yeah, Indians do all the time. I had some Western friends that I met that were actually uh, dipping in the Ganga as well, and they had no problems. It just looks dirty. Yeah. As opposed to the Ganga up in Rishikesh, which yeah. looks clean. Well, because it's the, it's I think it's the Rishikesh is the first major city that it hits yes, coming from the, and it's a holy city, yeah. Dry city, it's a wonderful city. So, Vegetarian city. Okay, so <laughs> what else we do spend like? a lot of time on the Ganga. Well, we love the Ganga. The colors, the colorful. Oh, yes. Wow, wow, wow. wow, wow Everything wow, is so wow, colorful wow, in India, wow. especially the color. Yeah, you can go oh, on our gosh. Facebook pages, uh, you know, and check out the, the photos. I mean, totally. hardly any alteration whatsoever. It's just like. I mean, all the clothes are like radioactive yellow and. and you know, toxic green, but it's like, it glows. <laughs> it's like yeah. the fabrics just glows. I don't know. Well, people really express themselves in color here, you know? Really, really saturated colors. And it's interesting that they're, like, when they're mourning, like, if you're a widow, yeah. you wear white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and when you get married, you wear red, which actually makes a lot of sense yeah, to yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. It makes more sense than the the, 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 the morbid blacks uh, from exactly. the U.S. I mean, it looks like a... Uh, it's not it, just the U.S. It's a lot of Western cultures. Okay, whatever. The but, Western society. But um, Yeah, but like wearing red at your wedding, it's passion. It's, it's alive, you know? Mm-hmm. No. We Westerners, we have to be very... Black and white. <laughs> I like that one. Black and white. That's it. I do love saris, though. You know, women in saris, uh, they walk differently. They carry themselves differently. It's a different feeling for a woman to wear a sari as opposed to wearing a long dress. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, there's also the experience of women who work like, uh, actually, if you look out, you, know, you can't see, obviously, but looking out our window right now, we've got, you know, groups of women carrying bricks oh. in saris. Uh, on their head. Uh, on their head. It, it's just interesting. But yeah, the sari is, is classic. Uh, Dorn, I guess it's the... It's the everyday dress that can be a wedding dress, you know, like... <laughs> ah, I mean, that's, that's the fabric thing, you know. Yeah. I mean, there are fancier fabrics and, and not-so-fancy fabrics. Mm. Um, mm. You know, I never liked Indian food before I came to India. Mm. Like, Indian food was weird, spicy, and, and I don't know which spice it was, but... I can tell which one it is now, but uh, that smell of Indian spices used to just turn me off immediately. <laughs> so I remember my first experience as a child seeing, smelling Indian food. It was when I was like eight. I, I had my first Indian friend. And it just smelled like a, a lot of honey and, and like something pungent, you know? That's what it smelled like to me. And, uh, but I loved it. I, I loved the smell of it. Do you know that I've never had Indian food before I came to India? And um, even when I came to India for the first three weeks, all I ate was fruit salad, uh, a muesli, mm. and veg fried rice. <laughs> that was it. Wow. That was safe. And slowly, slowly, I started um, trying, you know, aloo palak, which is potato and spinach, or... Um, yeah, man. Alu gobi. I dove in head first. I always loved Indian yeah. food. So I got here and I was like, give me the just the deepest, dirtiest, like most wonderful <laughs> Indian food you can you can find, you know. I dove in. That's probably the reason why I was sick most of the uh, <laughs> most of the first couple months of my stay here because I just I, I would eat Indian food everywhere. Like I fifteen rupee dabas in Kerala, you know, like just Tallies, uh, refill tallies. Uh, wow. I, I discovered a lot of Indian food with you. <laughs> I think that's one of my favorite things about yeah. this relationship is that I always discover new food with you. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I never even had coconut for the entire first year that I was in India. Well, that's because I was up north and there's no coconut up north. But fresh coconut. Well, I think is, that's got to be one of the top. Oh my god. Just be able to walk downstairs from your house and be able to have fresh coconut. The equivalent of like, what is it, 20 rupees now, which it's is like, less than 50 cents. It's like two US shekels. Two shekels in Israel, like, yeah, what a hat, not even a half a euro. Anyways, yeah. it's just like, wow. And coconut is the most healing and, and lightening food. It just To be able to have it every day is wow. And mangoes, Indian mangoes, nothing like it, not even the Thai mangoes, Yeah, compared well, with Indian mangoes. I haven't been to Thailand, but Indian mangoes are pretty good, but right now, it's jackfruit season, oh, yeah. and that's my favorite, is jackfruit. Oh, it's like, it is like the candy of India, the, oh, <laughs> I just need a moment, I need some now. Um, I, I want to know if the jackfruit is named after Jack and Beanstalks. If anybody out there knows. Yeah, what? What is jackfruit? Why was it named jackfruit? 
anybody knows, please uh, let us know. We're really curious uh, about that. I don't know where you're finding this. We post it quite a few places, but wherever, it's just either send us an email at info at fullmoonrisingmusic.com or actually info for love.org. Whatever. Just comment somewhere. <laughs> send us an email. And let us know oh, what Jack is. You can have a mailing job. Yeah, exactly. So you know what else I love about India? Mm. I love the I'm in India moment. Yes. I'm in India moment. My first I'm in India moment was actually in Rishikesh. My first I'm in India moment was I'm in India. <laughs> <laughs> I caught up the plane. Wow. No, no. I mean, yeah, of course, I got off the plane. It was a little overwhelming, but it wasn't the I'm in India moment. Okay. Um, my first I'm in India moment was in Rishikesh. I was, uh, I just got this email that made me want to pack my stuff and go back to Israel. And I was maybe there for three weeks, not even probably two weeks. Um, and I went to visit a friend and we were sitting on the Ganga pretty much. And I was kind of sharing. And then he said, you know what? Look over there. And I looked where he pointed, and I saw the Ganga. And then he said, now look over there. And I looked the other way, and I saw the foot of the Himalayas. And then he said, now look here again. And I looked at the Ganga again. And I looked at the mountain again. And he said, you're in India. And something just opened up. And I was like, hey, I'm in India. I don't have to worry. I don't have to stay in that... Uh, you know, crazy rat race mindset mm. of the West. Yeah, I, and I th just think that's one of the biggest things you learn over here, you know, is because it's such a different, there's such a different concept of time. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just such a flu fluidity. I mean, places open up when they want, you know. <laughs> Never before at 10 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> at least in Rishikesh, yeah. Oh, even in the city, a lot of places don't open up before 9 and 10. Yeah, I mean, we have this phrase, it's India time, you know. And, exactly. And India time is, is, it happens when it happens. And it, it, like, I think one of the craziest things about my first year in India was that I was constantly attempting to control where I wanted to go, what time I was going to get there, what day I was going to show up. I was trying, I was literally trying to control every moment. <laughs> and then things would happen way beyond my control that would force me to either stay or to show up late. And, and because I stayed, because I showed up late, everything was perfect. I learned what I needed to learn, met who I needed to meet, had the experiences that I needed to have. And it just taught me that, that, you know, we can only do so much. I think back in the West, it's so much easier to have that control over time because you've got a whole society of people that are attempting to control how time. How many things are you missing out of? I know that I still, yeah. you know, in Mumbai, when we work, I'll be rushing to a meeting and, you know, traffic is slow and this and that. And then everything yeah. will stop because a cow crosses the street. Yeah, and I go yeah. like, hey, I'm in India. I can take a breath. I can, you know, relax. I'll show up. It'll be on time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, Even yeah. if I'm half an hour late, I'll show up and I'll be there right on time. And, and I love that. This, this sudden I'm in India moment that hit me. Mm. Uh, and sort of checked me in, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. It is quite interesting to do business out here, though. Oh, my God. You know, like... <laughs> Wow, it's it's interesting. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. I, I I'd say 
that's the best word to use because I could use a lot of other words that just wouldn't be a servicing. And it wouldn't be accurate because some things are just mind-blowing the way that they work here for good. And some things are very, very difficult for me as a Westerner. Yeah, they can be very challenging and, and quite frustrating at times. But uh, yeah, you, you just see life through the eyes of something so much bigger, you know? And I, I think that, that concept is, is such a fabric, is such a finely woven fabric in the, in the consciousness of, of the day-to-day people here, that life is, is just a, it's just such a small uh, pinprick in this, in this much greater thing. And, you know, a lot of people also here believe that life goes on after this life and then oh yeah I'm there I believe it and and then there's the death of this body and then the new body's formed and you know we're we're constantly working towards this Brahman thing that they say which is the you know that we have uh, (laughs) let go of all of our uh, defilements and and things in our minds and then we become super conscious you know super super spiritual (laughs) No, but that's that's the one thing I, I I find that I can stop here more often than not and say, okay, I'm doing everything that I can, but life is choosing to direct things in a in a slightly different way here. Yeah. So I can either sit here and be like, or just let go into this this organic flow and a flow that you see when you drive on the streets <laughs> when you drive on a highway here the most beautiful thing cars are in the most chaotic driving state you've got one car doing 20 you've got another car doing 70 you know, you've got a big truck swerving in between here. You've got a scooter that's like practically sliding under the truck. But there's this just beautiful harmony that is happening between all of this. Like you could organize your mind as complete chaos. But it is, it is this wonderful flow, you know. So when you come to India and you look at the roads and you freak out, think about that for a moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just take a deep breath and say, here I go. <laughs> and trust me, if you can and just, uh, yeah. If you can cross the street when a cow does, then you know the traffic stops. Yeah, exactly. But don't expect it to stop for you. You're just a human. <laughs> yeah. Cows are sacred. We heard the funniest joke. We went to a comedy show the other night. Oh, yeah. And uh, what was he talking about? He's the talking safest about a... way to cross the street uh, is in a cow costume. Yeah, exactly. But then he took it a step further and he started talking about the food and the spiciness of the food, which we managed to, uh, you know, back down by saying no chili and ordering Jane food at this particular point, which Jane food is. It means no onion, no garlic, no potatoes, no carrots, no peanuts, no anything that grows underground. So we just cut all the other things, but just say no onion, no garlic. (laughs) And we do get potatoes, carrots, uh, peanuts, and... uh... So anyways, he was talking about how spicy the food can be, because the food can be very spicy. The further south you go, the more spicy it gets. And and he was talking about... (laughs) How in the west you have one chili, 
then you have two chili, you have yeah, three yeah. chilies in the menu, and then you know if you're ordering something that is mildly hot or really, really spicy, or, you know, you can choose, and then you come to India, and the first thing on the menu is like 52 chilies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And when you ask for, you know, mildly spiced, they only put 50. Yeah, and then you say, well, how can I get, uh, you know, how can I get uh, uh, the spice? It's uh, I'm, I'm, I'm an inferno from the inside. And then, you know, an Indian waiter comes over and says, dahi, sir, dahi, dahi, curd, which is yogurt, yogurt. yogurt. And he's... <laughs> now we know why cows are sacred. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Obviously, we didn't tell, like, comedian, uh, <laughs> but it was really, really, really funny. What was that comedian's name? Uh, Sean something? Oh, that's not going to work. Uh. I'm sorry. Anyways, it was hilarious. So, what else? There's a few other things here we can we can point out. That we love? Yeah, of course. Hmm. The Himalayas. Monsoon. Oh, monsoon. Oh, yeah. Everybody thinks monsoon is the worst time to travel. And, you know, it is if you're moving from place to place. Might be the worst place. time to travel, yes. Yeah. But <laughs> if, you come to, if you come to India in monsoon time, and you stay in one place, you get to see the most wow. amazing, magnificent yeah. form of nature just taking over everything. Life at its fullest. Oh nature is so radiant and alive. I've never seen anything like it. Nature does, has no care for human beings at that point. You, you will see literally nature taking over the roads, taking over everything. It's just like... What? Well, that's, really, that's really, you know, showing us who was here first and wow. who's going to be here last. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's really magical time. So colorful. And, you know, it rains practically every day. Every day, all day. But that keeps the skies clear and it's just like, it is the most refreshing. It is my favorite time in India. Yeah. Monsoon season. Definitely. I, I recommend anybody who wants to come to India come during that but season. But stay put. Don't plan on yeah, yeah, moving yeah. from south to north, east to west. Or just stay put for at least a few weeks and enjoy and then move to another place, stay for a stay few put. weeks. Yeah. I recommend traveling like that anyways. I think the first year that I was here, the shortest amount of time I spent in one place was uh, was like three weeks, two weeks, wow. something like that. lucky you. It was amazing, you know? Yeah. Much different than my travels in Europe, you know. In Europe, it was like two days at one place. I gotta see the next place, you know. But here, it was like, <laughs> wow, you know, something. It's just I want to explore every nook and cranny of this. But place you know, here. this this is pretty much it. In India, every place is completely different and magical. <laughs> oh, so magical, but but different. Like yeah. if you have been to Mumbai and then you go to Delhi, these are two different worlds. Mm. If you go to Goa, it's a whole other planet. If you go to Rishikesh, it's like a different solar system. It's, it's like completely different from one another. Yeah, the cultures, the food, the... The people, the way they look, the way they speak. Yeah. How many languages uh, are in India? I think there's hundreds official? or something. There's it's like 20 official languages or something. Yeah, it might be 20, well, 20 widely used languages. Official. But, but I, yeah, I think there's... Hundreds of uh, little formations of those hmm. all over India, but uh, yeah, I mean, how can we wrap this up in the most come wonderful to India? way? <laughs> yeah, yeah, please come and fly into Mumbai, and you can come. Uh, you know, stay with us for a little. Stay bit. with us for a few days. We can tell you more stories. <laughs> Show you around. Take you to our favorite foods. Yeah, yeah, of course. Hopefully.
Oh man, I want a pony pony now. Pony pony sounds good. It's not open yet. It's not open yet. Anyways, wow. Uh, I truly recommend anybody who's living at this time. Or any other time, just come to India, please. Yeah, it's such a such a powerful place, and really. And it will be the next superpower. Nah, I guess so. Yeah. It will. It will. Whatever you want to call the superpower, I, I, I would imagine that the world will become more uh, <laughs> more collective and that everybody works together to create uh, a superpower. But India will be the superpower. <laughs> sure, whatever you want to call it. Wow. That was a fun, fun trip down uh, India Lane. Yep. <laughs> and now we get to go walk outside and enjoy India. It. Yeah. Yeah, it's lucky us. So come out. Are come you coming? Out. Come out. Come, 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 come. Anyways. And uh, just before we finish, I want to thank everybody who uh, sent us messages from the last podcast. And, you know, we're happy to share. And the more you share with us, uh, the more we can share with you. So, yeah. And we'll be posting, we'll be hosting these podcasts on our, um, basically our conscious community Website. Website for the love dot org. That's the digit four. Yeah. D A. <laughs> for the love. Dot org, and uh, you know we'll be posting it on Facebook. And so feel free to email us and share some stories and and things that interest you or things that you wanna share, and uh, we'll share it. We will. Yeah. Interesting stuff you read, you experience, you think, you imagine. The voices in your head. Share it all. Mm. And much love to you. Much love to you. Have a beautiful day. Have a wonderful day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>